Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com and Draft.com, where if you use the promo code BOXES, you will get a free entry to your first draft. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, it's a great day. It's, It's a great day. Why is it a great day? Well, it's just a great day, you know. There's lots of playoff basketball. Yeah, many, many fun times to be had in the world. I think. I don't know uh, what time of the year people are listening to this because this is a this might be a, this is a good recap of last season. So I think a lot of people might be listening to this going into next season. But the Raptors were just brutalized in Game One by a overtime loss to the Cavs. And Westworld uh, is on episode two, so there will be no there will be no spoilers. I'm sure from the future, all these things were very interesting at the time, but not so interesting in August or whenever you're listening to this. Is that how that works? I I don't know how time travel works. Uh, I'm working on it, but um, we're going to figure it out. I assume you'll get there someday. I I hope so. Uh, but what we want to do is pick up. Where we kind of left off, we uh, are going to plan on running the uh, top 10 re- review um, of the basically the top 10 finishers in totals for last season. Uh, and this will be part of a three part series where we're going to run through the entire top 50 in review from last season. So you can kind of get a better feel next season what happened before. Uh, the Bulls got the first, the number one draft pick, and ended up taking uh, Donkic, and now, and somehow they got Ion on the team too, and now they're a dynasty. Like I, I, I don't. From your perspective, life is probably crazy in the future uh, with the Bulls being a dynasty. But uh, from our perspective, we got a really still got a pretty good grasp on what happened this fancy basketball season. I have so many things to say about that draft that I'll just. Save for another day. All right, the lottery's coming up. You never know. Um, but let's let's go ahead and get right into it and pick up where we left off. Uh, we are on player number eleven, um, and the kind of the gist of this to to refresh everybody is that we're going to go through that top fifty uh, of the finishers in the total, kind of explain kind of what we thought about them going into the season, and, and maybe give a preview for what we plan to value them next season at this point. And the, the 11th player here is someone whose value is going to change based on where he ends up after a um, crazy free agency, which I assume was very crazy. Um, Paul George. Paul George, um, are you are you surprised that Paul George ended up at 11? No. Not at all. And I think I th- we talked I- about that a lot in the preseason. That... You know, it kind of after those first like 10 or 11 guys, like Paul George, Jimmy Butler were the guys we were taking. And um, he ended up the, in Mark's rankings at the end at, at number 16. And I think we were both kind of advocating him, take him a little higher. And I, I don't even really think it matters what team he's on next year. Like, we've seen him be the number one guy. We've seen him play second fiddle to Westbrook. Like, I think he's going to be what he is. Yeah, he's kind of – he's basically in his prime – um, he's, he can do really everything, especially from a fantasy basketball perspective, right? Um, 
he he kind of does enough things across the board to really um, to just just set you up really really well. Uh, his field goal percentage has has never been terribly great, except for that one season he shot forty six percent. Other than that, though, like the the dude gets uh, elite level steals, he hits threes, and he gets enough rebounds and assists to make you not hate him. And uh, he gets a half a block a game. Like that's that's all very very um, impressive across the board, but it does not break him into. Uh, what we would consider one of the elite players, one of the top tier players or a first round player. Um, I'm a little surprised he ended up at 11. Uh, But I do, I do think that is simply because he did play almost um, played 79 games and, and that probably boosted him just a tad, but I think all these guys in that second tier um, are all, like we said, going into the season um, are all kind of swappable, based on you know how, how their season goes and Paul George just basically had one of the better years of that, of that second tier. So even if you drop him down to 75 games and, and assume he averages all the same averages, which you can't really do, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. that's not, not really a thing. Um, he would be 16. So, I mean, he's right. kind of pretty yeah. safe. I think right there in that late first, early second round in a 12 team league and I mean, wherever you want to pick him is fine. Um, he's, he certainly is not a sexy name anymore. Like, he's just kind of like a – he's Paul George. He does what Paul George does. We know who he is. Uh, Victor Oladipo is a sexy, sexy name. Ben Simmons is a sexy name. Paul George is not a sexy name. So I, I do think he will be uh, a little underrated going into next season. I'm with you there. Unless he's on the Lakers, and then everybody will uh, probably draft overdraft him. Well, I mean – Best odds of any team he plays for next year. I I think the Lakers are probably number one. Don't you? Yeah, I think so. Right? Like I'm, I don't know. I don't know what those odds would be. Right? I think there's a lot of teams he could be on, but I think the Lakers are probably like forty percent or better. Maybe fifty percent or better. Was if he's playing uh, playing with LeBron though? LeBron likes to hog that ball. Yeah, but Westbrook is the ultimate ball hog. Um, if you read that Zach Lowe article just the other day, right? Westbrook had the highest usage rate of like anyone ever again this year. You're absolutely right. And that's, and that's proof positive that we know who Paul George is. Um, and he is a safe, I'd say upper second round type of pick. I, I'm not bumping him into my first round. Oh, I mean, I think if you're playing the 12 team league, like, I mean, he finished 11th. I think sure. he's he's right there. I mean, like after this top ten, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit, right? Like we talked about this the last time. Like I feel like the top ten's pretty safe. And then I mean, like I have Paul George ranked eleventh. Like all these guys are very fungible. After this point, right? Like you could have yeah, anybody. Definitely, and I, I think actually for uh, the guy ranked twelfth, I was a little surprised about um, how high this guy went up, but I, I do think he took a, a bit of a step up in his in his game. He did play 36 minutes a game. That probably helped as well. Uh, number 12, surprisingly, Drew Holiday. But we saw him healthy, right, for the first time in a, in a very long time. And, you know, we were all worried about the Rondo thing, but then Rondo missed some time, and then he got kind of put on the back burner, and Drew Holiday was amazing. Yeah, turns out Drew Holiday found another notch. Um, he did shoot 
fifth, almost fifty percent on the season. Uh, any any issue with looking forward into next year when this guy, I, I, granted he's been injured most of the the previous seasons, has uh, really never approached a fifty percent type of field goal percentage. Well, I mean, I, I think we can both agree that that doesn't probably stick, right? Like we 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 see this a lot um, with guys that they have an outlier kind of season. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned it with Paul George, where he shot 46%. Um, it, this was a weird confluence of kind of everything falling right for, for Drew Holiday, right? Like he was ranked 41st in Mark's rankings at the beginning of the season. Um, I think you and I were even advocating him. That was probably maybe a little too high in the sense that, you know, he had played 65 and 67 games, but then the two seasons before that were 40 and 34. Like, yeah, he, he had never been super healthy for the last four seasons. Rondo was there to monopolize the ball. Like we were not, we were not very interested in Drew Holiday. Well, and here's so so looking back, here's what we messed up, right? I don't think there's any way we could have said he's definitely going to play 36 minutes a game. Nope. I mean, I mean that just wasn't there. Okay. Nope. We we didn't foresee that someone important on their team is going to be hurt for pretty much all of the season, right? Because Rondo was hurt at the beginning. Then when shortly after Rondo came back. DeMarcus Cousins tore his Achilles. Yep. And, and so we, we do we do not know how that would have affected Drew Holiday playing with both Cousins and AD for an extended period of time. Well, and I mean, 67 games is what he got projected for. He played 81. Like, that alone would have bumped him crazy high. And then, like you mentioned, he shot 50% from the field and he scored 19 points for the first time ever. I mean, he had never scored more than 17.7 points a game. And that was when he played 37 and a half minutes way back in 2013 for the Sixers. So we saw a lot of things. I don't think there's any way we could have foreseen from a 27 year old guy who seemed like he was pretty locked in on a 32 minute game role. Yeah. I, I think I'm not sure how confident this season makes me and Drew Holiday going into next season. You know, I, I think he is at the age where he could uh, be making a bit of a jump. He should be in his prime. He's 28. But Drew Holiday uh, still, like, how much do you trust How much do you trust his health moving, in, moving into next season? Um, I, I super don't. I mean, like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm super, super into it. But if we're talking about a standard league, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel a little bit better. Like, Drew Holiday is not a, the type of guy I take in, like, a 16 or 18 team league. Just because I feel a little bit worse about his injuries. And I know if, like, my first or second round pick in that kind of league goes down, I'm probably burnt for the season, right? Like, the waiver wire is going to be non-existent almost. Yeah, taking a chance on Drew Holiday as your as your, either your premier point guard uh, or even your secondary guard going guard-guard um, just it doesn't make me feel good. All right, so quick next season point guard discussion. Okay, hit me. You want Chris Paul or Drew Holiday? Chris Paul. Uh, John Wall or Drew Holiday? Ooh, uh, probably John Wall in a head-to-head league. Okay, well we can have a discussion about John Wall later, but we will. Um, Kyrie Irving or Drew Holiday? Kyrie Irving. Now, see, he's another one, and I think Kyrie Irving's per game is probably a little bit better than Drew Holiday's, but he's another one I'm starting to get a little worried about, the whole injury things. 
Yeah. A, a, another year where um, Kyrie Irving, he played 60 games, you know? But I'm with you. Kyrie Irving is, is ahead of Drew Holiday in, in my rankings. Um, Kemba Walker. I think that's maybe where I'm almost going Drew Holiday, but I think I'm going to take Kimball Walker because Kimball Walker does this every year. Kimball Walker does not. We know who Kimball Walker is. He is he is just Kimball Walker every single year, and I, I don't know why I wouldn't feel confident moving forward with Kimball Walker. Uh, Eric Blitzo. Drew Holiday. Now, see, I got Blitzo there. I think that's a mistake. Blitzo had a an, an interesting year, but. I don't know. I don't know how much I trust Eric Bledsoe. And I know he played well in Milwaukee. Uh, I, I'm more, inter- I'm a little bit more interested in seeing how the Milwaukee coaching fiasco plays out. Um, okay, so I, I got two know. more. I got not two too, more. We'll, not, we'll have to talk about Drew Bledsoe. Sure. You know, so I called him Drew Bledsoe. You didn't even hear it. Uh, no, it so doesn't even doesn't even affect me. So disappointed in the joke you didn't get. All right, Devin but Booker. I, I'm like Terry Rozier. They're the same person to me. Um, who? Devin Booker, basically the Suns' point guard. Probably Drew Holiday. All right, how about Kyle Lowry? Drew Holiday. I have Holiday over only Kyle Lowry on that list. Ooh. Kyle Lowry, not a bad year. But so I have uh, I have Blitzo and Booker twenty four and twenty five, and I have Drew Holiday twenty six. So they're all kind of bunched in there as, as your second tier guards. Right. Uh, and that's how I got Drew Holiday looking into next year, second tier guard. And like we said, all these guys a little interchangeable. I don't. Uh, Paul George uh, to me is, a, is is more interesting um, than than Drew Holiday um, going into that second round. I and feel so, super safe about Paul George being yeah. a second round value, barring that he gets hurt and misses a bunch of games. Right? Like, sure, I mean, and we can never you can never predict. Right. But that right. could happen to anyone, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we have no reason to think Paul George is going to miss any games. Drew Holiday. I don't even think I would take him in my second round. I think there's plenty of players I have over him. Mm-hmm. I would start thinking about Drew Holiday in my third round in a 12-team league, and I would probably select him some point in that third round, depending on what my team looked like and all that. That's fair. Uh, let's move on to the number 13th guy. This guy is a guy I do have in my second round for next year, and this guy is someone we're both really, really interested in. Maybe a lot of people who uh, don't follow – Fancy basketball or basketball in at large uh, thought this would be the number thirteenth guy, Chris Middleton. Another stellar year from Chris Middleton. Uh, Chris Middleton. Um, I actually think he has he has room to improve, especially on a Bucks squad that definitely underperformed this year. Oh, I'm with you there. Um, this Bucks squad will be interesting, and, and like you mentioned, right? There's going to be a new coach and a a little bit of newness to that team. But, I mean, Chris Middleton, oh, God, I love that man. He's great. He's uh, perennially underrated, uh, but he just keeps moving up. He, he gets better every year. Uh, if you look at yeah. It, yeah, if you look at his averages, what last year he was hurt, so, you know, not a great year to compare, but the year before that he was ranked 28th per game, then the year before that he was 62. So he just keeps getting better. And better, just chipping away each year. He's uh, he he will be twenty seven next year, so he's working his way into his prime. So he was per game value in that year that he broke out. He was twenty fourth. Okay, then mm-hmm. you can't you can't even really look at the value of his 
season on a per game level, the one where he got hurt. Because he, if you remember in that year, he had some like a bunch of games where he ramped up and he played like he started off playing like 15 minutes and he played like 20 minutes and he played like 25 minutes. So it's, it's hard to separate out the games where he actually played what he would normally play. And, and so I kind of wrote that season off. So he was 13th and 24th in his basically two healthy seasons as in his last two healthy seasons. And that injury was kind of just a one-off. Like he tore his hamstring, right? Like no one really saw that coming and he showed no ill effects of it this season. So I feel really good about having Chris Middleton in my second round next year. Just really solid, really safe. Yeah. He's another guy head to head wise. He chips away at every category. And then uh, obviously roto wise, he really doesn't hurt you anywhere. And he helps you in quite a few areas, including steals, which everybody likes. Um, so, you know, good, uh, good, good for Chris Middleton. Um, big fan of his uh, always had, always have been. Let's move on to, and, and just a reminder for everybody out there, we are not including uh, turnovers in the total ranking. So uh, we're, we're assuming a lot of people don't care about turnovers and uh, unless you're in a Roto league, but even a Roto league, you know, the guys who get the turnovers are still the best guys in the league. Um, so number 14, kind of a um, bounce back year for this guy, uh, Andre Drummond, who lives in a very strange place, I think, in a lot of fantasy basketball rankings. He could be ranked anywhere from uh, the fifth best player in a certain punting category to uh, you know eighty in the 80th, 90 range based on uh, what you're actually looking for in a in a center from a fantasy basketball perspective. But this year with not including turnovers 14th, even with um, a a very poor uh, free throw percentage, but made huge strides in free throw percentage this year. And and that's what kept him out of the bottom uh, half of the top 100. Um, So this is maybe the player Mark's rankings missed the biggest on. Mm -hmm. And I, I won't speak for Mark. Um, because I, I don't know what his thought process was, but he basically bought in that 2015, 2016 was an outlier and that he was really what he was in 14, 15 and 16, 17. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and even the season before that in 2013, 2014, right. He was relatively the same player, like all three seasons. And so he bought in that 15, 16 was an outlier and really what, turned out to be was that you know last season in 16 17 was the outlier in the last three seasons and he kind of bounced back to a new level and the thing that no one i think could have foreseen was that he got three assists a game yeah Um, that's huge um and i think that's just you know a product of better coaching uh, products of someone working on their game and his blocks were way up too yeah and and so he had had a three seasons, right? His first three seasons, he was kind of at that level. And then for two seasons, they dropped off and then now they were back. Um, also the underrated thing was he played the most minutes he's ever played. That, and that's huge. And that, um, shouldn't, I guess it shouldn't be surprising that that's a stat booster because that's obvious. But what I'm a little surprised in is that the dude averaged, um, 16 rebounds a game. That's incredible. Um, th- th- that is uh, – you're in rare company well, averaging 16 rebounds a game. 
and and he he got the five offensive rebounds again. And we've talked about this, I think, in the past. You and I like there are players, a lot of players who get five rebounds. Period. Like no no one gets five offensive rebounds a game, and he just continually can do it. Yeah, um, that's that's in, that's even more incredible. So if you're one of those type of leagues who, for some reason, uses offensive rebounds, he becomes a, you know a top three player. So uh, did I mention that Mark had him seventy fourth? Um, if you punted free throws and three pointers, which are his two worst categories. Um, he was up in the twenties in, in Mark's rankings. Um, he finished sixth. If you punted those two things. Wow. Um, I like what I saw from Andre Drummond. Uh, I think so, two questions the- about Drummond. I got two questions for you. About sure. Drummond. Free throw percentage next year. What do you think? Is it back he, to below 40? Is it 40? Is it 60? Is it now, this feels sustainable. He did it for an entire season. Um, do I think he improves? No. I think it's probably somewhere in that in that mid-50 range. So I think he could drop uh, anywhere you. between 4 and 5%. But I don't think it's in the below 40 range. I am with you there. So rebound total. Ooh. Is it 16 again? I don't know why he couldn't do it. I think I, it's I think it's like fifteen. Like you said, it's so hard. It's so 15 hard. And a fifteen and a half. Like you know what I mean? Like fifteen, sixteen. Uh, wh- what are we arguing about at this point? The dude's the best rebounder in the so, league. So most important question though is what are the assists? Because if the assists go back to one, mm-hmm. that really hurts. Yeah, I don't know what the team's going to look like next year. Well, uh, according to everything I've been reading, now take that with, for what it's worth, because things can change in the drop of a hat in the NBA. They want to run it with Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson, and Andre Drummond, especially if Stan Van Gundy stays. And then every report is they want Stan Van to stay. They want to try this out. And they, there was a stat I read from Rod Beard that said like they played together like I don't know eight games maybe the three of them. Okay. Right, like they just never really saw that on the court. Right, they traded for Blake Griffin partway through the season. Reggie Jackson was hurt for some of that time, so they want to see what this team is like. And I think part of the reason the assists were up so much was, if you remember, Reggie Jackson missed a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of those, now that I'm kind of just giving a, a brief glimpse in the game log, a lot of those big assist games came early in the season, early right, midway when- through the season. And once Reggie was back and then Blake was on the team, uh, those assists dropped pretty pretty drastically. So I think he could be a little bit overdrafted. Now, if you're willing to punt, right? Like you're never really going to overdraft him because like I said, he was like the sixth best player. And even if he goes back to all of last year's numbers, he's like in the twenties. If you punt his two worst categories. Yeah. He's, he's just a punt specialist. Like that's how I, I, I view him. Um, I, I don't think I would waste a second round pick on Andre Drummond. If I was going for like an all around build, uh, obviously Roto's out of the question. Um, and even is like he a draftable uh, now in a roto league, that's the question. That's a fair, yes, question. yes, he is draftable in roto league, I think. Yes, I don't, th- I don't know that he was when he was shooting 38%. Mm, yeah, no, I, I don't think he was either, especially but... in, in like 12 or more team roto leagues. Like, if you had a 10 team roto league, okay, maybe, but like if you're t- in like a 15 team roto league, like having one out of 15 points in a category is it's, it's pretty, it, it's pretty brutal. Uh, you kind of almost have to build your team as a punt team, even in a if, in a roto league, if you're going to do something like that, which is kind of a strange thing to to do. But it, it's it, I've seen it done. Uh, it's it's hard. 
it's hard work takes some um, well, diligence and passion to to be able to pull off a punt strategy a, in a roto league and it takes a lot of messing with the games throughout the season right like you need to get a lot, a of, lot of of a lot of really good games and that's yeah. just not a strategy it's not a beginner strategy no um, it's not so in a head to head league i am comfortable picking him in the back of my second round just because i feel like he could produce way better value than that and I think that if you punt what he's bad at, you're going to get even some decent value out of that. That's fair. Let's talk about probably who will be one of the more overdrafted players, a player who you might see sneak into your first round, Ben Simmons, number 15. Um, incredible year from the pseudo rookie. Uh, sorry sorry to all you. That's a shout to all the Donovan Mitchell fans out there. Uh, ben Simmons, who definitely was the rookie of the year this year, um, destroyed uh, lots of lots of humans while on the basketball court. Sixteen, eight, and eight with almost two steals a game and almost a block a game. Once again, he he does have um, huge flaws in his game. Uh, he made zero threes this year, and he also shot fifty six percent from the line. Those are those are Andre Drummond numbers. Yeah. Um. The eight and eight is obviously huge. Um, this is a guy in a roto league, right? Ben Simmons in a roto league—that's a tough pick, man. Yeah, it is. That is not as exciting. the The thing about Ben Simmons that makes me a little bit more excited is the fact that he is so drastically young. Could he work on his uh, three point shooting over the off season and be semi comparable? Maybe. Uh, I doubt it. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put money on that, but like even if he can hit a half a three, uh, it's gonna drop his field goal percentage, but it, it will help. Um, I think his all around game, which will make him a better overall fantasy basketball player. So, can we agree that this is probably like things probably only get better from here? Like as crazy as that seems, like. I don't really see anywhere where he gets worse other than he could miss a lot of games, obviously from injury or, or whatever, but it like, does seem wild that this is his floor. But I mean, like even if his field goal percentage goes down because he starts shooting threes, like I don't, I, I think we've seen he's going to do what he knows he can do. So if he doesn't think he can make threes, I mean, he shot 11 and most of them were chucks like at the end of a half, end of a quarter. So yeah. like, I don't think he's all of a sudden going to start shooting threes at 28% and keep shooting them. Like, I don't, I think he's just going to keep driving. Like I'll just get to the rim and score, man. I don't care. Yeah. If anything, the dude only took 12 field goal attempts a game. That is not enough. That's definitely going to go up. Um, And I think you can start considering Ben Simmons, uh, kind of a Giannis light right now. I'm with you there. I, I uh, can see that. Yeah, like Gian- Giannis was kind of supposed to do the have the 26, 8, and 8, and he he didn't. Um, obviously, he was still amazing, and he was the sixth best player. He was more like 27, 10, and 5. Uh, but Ben Simmons is kind of a Giannis late, and if he, he starts scoring a little bit more and hitting a, a half a three uh, or a little bit more a game, taking more shots a game. Like, I don't know if that's his bag because that, um, 
that t- around 11, 12 field goals a game kind of stayed very consistent no matter who was playing in the game when Embiid was out or in when they were shorthanded. Like, it didn't really matter. He kind of stayed right around that 12 uh, attempts a game, which was, I, I think, a little strange. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, he's, but he's only going to improve. Like, he's the best player. He might be the best player on that team. So I ranked him 15. Thoughts on that? I think that's good. He's got he, two huge flaws. So he's a punting strategy guy. Um, Roto Leagues, he's going to be lower than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Roto Leagues, does he make your top 50? I think he does. Mm, but yeah, like, yeah, yes. Yes, he does. But it's like you you have to have a – I, I want to have two or three or four picks, right? And then, like, he makes sense for the team. Like, in a Roto League, if I've got – I'm already light on three-pointers, right? Like, unless I'm going to punt that category – you know what I mean? Like, if I've got a yeah. couple big men, can I even pick Ben Simmons? In uh, probably not, like, unless you want to go full punt on that. And like I said, that's pretty hard to do. This is more of a, I've picked a few, like you were saying, I picked a few players and he fits. Whether he strengthens my strengths or strengthens my weaknesses or fits in with my weakness. It's a, it's a this is a fit, not a guy I build the team around. Whereas in the head-to-head league, I think you're pretty safe to build a team around him. Yes, so, you could definitely do that. I would not pick him in the first round, but you know, early second round. Yeah. yeah, I just can't see putting him ahead of any of those guys in the top. Right, like even Victor Oladipo. Like, who would you rather have there, Victor Oladipo or him? Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I'm with you there. You could just do more with him. Um, ben Simpson is a very specific build, but he's also, to me, he's like the almost maybe in a head to head league, the best second round pick. So I, mean, I, I actually might move him up a little bit more because depending on how you go, you can kind of go in any direction. He kind of fits with almost everybody in the, in the first round. Like he, he, he's just pretty much right. great. Unless right. you, unless you went with Giannis We'll get down to it. I'm going to ask you the two players that are maybe somewhat controversial that I have ahead okay. of Ben Simmons. Okay. The first one is your man, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is amazing. Jimmy Butler is ahead of Ben Simmons. Chris Paul. Uh, best point guard in the league. And unless you count uh, Steph Curry, Steph Curry is better than him. But best like pure point guard in the league. Yeah, Chris Paul. Paul George. Yeah, well, so I'm then, with Paul George. So then you got him relatively 15th. And here's the guy I made yep. the comparison to. All right, turns out I do. And and it's not super apt, but he, isn't he pretty much Draymond Green? Like, he scores a little more. Draymond Green gets a few more blocks, but, like, he's Draymond Green. Yeah, very Draymond Green numbers. Uh, Draymond 11-7. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just makes sense. Like, he's in the top 15. We love yeah, Draymond I, Green. I, I, would take, I will take my chances that Ben Simmons learn, learns how to hit a three – and makes his free throw percentage better. I will take my chances on that. That's what I mean. And then he's a better version of Draymond Green. Like- 100%. Uh, let's talk about old um, consistency, who we already talked about a little bit earlier. Number 16, Kimba Walker. We had Kimba Walker here in the middle of the second, end of the second round. Here he is, sitting in the middle of the end of the second round. So he was 18. He finished 16th. I mean, it's... Tried and true, go. baby. Yeah, that's, that's who he is. Uh, next up, Bradley Beal, number 17. 
same kind of spiel. I think we uh, there's a little bit more uncertainty about Bradley Beal. Could he improve? Uh, is he got another uh, level? He is only 24. He'll be 25 next year. And uh, he he definitely, um, I thought, played better this year, but it was very similar to last year. Yeah, right. Like he's one of those guys who who sneaks up on you in the sense that, like, you keep thinking, "Oh, he did a little bit better," and he did he did run the offense a little more. Yeah, um, he got an, another assist a game, but that hurt him in some areas, right? Like he didn't shoot as well from the field. He didn't shoot as well on three pointers. I mean, he had the lowest three point percentage of his career. Um, yeah, and that's really that's really surprising. That little that but, little piece but, there. But, is it because I think if like a lot of times he was shooting like catch and shoot threes, right? Like he was wide open and John Wall would pass him the ball. Now he's making his own shot a little bit more. And you know how that is, right? Like those are usually a little more contested because you already have the ball in your hands. It's not like no one's going to cover you. That's true. Um, I, you know, I, I think I'm more interested in Bradley Beal if something happens in Washington to split up that John Wall, Bradley Beal, like this is who Bradley Beal is. I'm not getting excited about Bradley Beal next year. Just like I wasn't excited about Bradley Beal this year. And unless I hear, you know, Bradley, they're giving the ball to Bradley Beal and shipping John Wall out um, or Bradley Beal ends up on a more high powered offense. I'm, I'm just going to look at Bradley Beal the same way I, I looked at him this year as yeah okay he's like a good fit if that's what you need but i'm not excited the upside isn't there for me so he ranked 35th so he he did a little bit better than before the season yeah than mark's rankings and most of it most of it was right that uh, that extra assist the game and he had him down for 71 games and he played all 82 which that those 11 games were huge um but I don't want to bank on that, right? You never want to bank on someone to play 82. Never. Two consecutive years. I mean, like anyone playing 82 is, is just not that common. It's just not. Um, so I'm looking at Bradley Beal maybe at the end of my second round, but probably more in the third round next year. Yeah, unless his situation changes. I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you there. Let's uh, Let's talk about the next player here. Boom. Oh, the ever-aging – Kyle Lowry, who I think did a little bit better than we gave him credit for going into this year. You were way down on him. I wasn't as far down on uh, on him as you were, and uh, he had an all right year. Yeah, I mean, he did. He played well. I'll yeah. give it to him. He Come played on. better than, credit. than I expected him to, but it's not a hand I'm going to bet into again, Like, like in the sense that I'm not going to put him in my top 20 again at, at 32 years old. Yep. Right. Like the drop off for point guard usually comes right about now. And here's the thing. And, I, and this is the one part of it. I'll say that I think I got right. I think the I know where you're going. Down, yep. right? And so did his field goal percentage. And that's right. exactly what you're talking about preseason. And so he got more rebounds. I didn't see that coming. Right. He had never gotten even five rebounds a game and he got 5.6. So good on him. The steals also went way down. And for a point guard, especially an elite point guard, okay, I want three things. I want assists, I want steals, and I want points. 
Yes. Well, he gave you one, but his 1.1 steals, like, that's not what I wanted from an elite point guard. And 16 points was okay, but I'd much rather had the 18 that he'd averaged for, you know what I mean? He'd, he'd averaged right around 18 points for two years. Then he was over 20 mm-hmm. for two years, and then he was down to 16 this year. So, I, I mean, I in some ways I feel like I got this right. But I you, got it wrong. Like you, you know, were I mean? a little you were a little too down on him. But you were right in the ways that hey, he's going to decline. He just didn't decline in the in a in a drastic manner that would would completely tank his fantasy value. Yeah, and he played seventy eight games, which I mean, I don't know Very that good. you could have even get bet on that, right? Like the three previous seasons were seventy, seventy seven, and sixty. Yeah, but you you hit on something that. Um, it's the it's the mark. It's the stench. Um, one point one steals. That's the stench of an aging point guard. Yeah, uh, drastic drop in steals is actually the stench of really almost any kind of uh, elite player taking a nosedive. So the the game's just catching up to those old those old knees. And and so I, I we we did the Drew Holiday game earlier, right? And I mentioned he was the only guy I had below Drew Holiday. I have Kyle Lowry twenty seventh next year. Hmm. And in reality, I don't even know that I will pick him there. Like, I I did this top 50 exercise, and the goal was to kind of go, okay, it doesn't really matter what I have on my team. I'm just, who's the next guy I would pick? Who's the next guy I would pick? Who's the next guy I would pick? Okay. But looking at him, I'm probably going to say, I've already got a point guard. I don't really need you, Kyle Lowry, because I mentioned a lot of point guards I had ahead of him. Or I'm going to go, okay, I don't really need your no steals and your no points from a point guard, and I'm going to go for somebody else who gets me a lot of points because the points are really drying up by 27. Yeah, there's plenty of point guards up there and um, a center and a few forwards who are doing the things that Kyle Lowry does. Right. So so what is like, essentially the upside isn't there. Um, I would say this. This is. I, a, I bet you. I would bet you next year though he finishes above twenty-seven. Uh, I, I'll take that bet. Ooh, wow! Uh, Our first bet for next year on the board. But here's the other thing I'll say too. I don't foresee me if I if I play in ten leagues next year. I don't foresee me owning Kyle Lowry in any of them because I think Kyle Lowry will get drafted relatively in this second round, and mm-hmm. I just don't have him as a second round player. That's um, that's probably true. I think you're right about that. That that will, I assume, be the view moving into next year, uh, unless they had to get rid of the team in Toronto after losing four straight to the Cavs, which we do not know if that happened. Okay, so here's a really realistic NBA question. Okay, so going into the series, the Cavs were a somewhat sizable underdog. They should be. I disagree one hundred percent. I don't. On paper. There's- no, no, no. See, this is this is where you miss the whole like Vegas is usually smarter than this. Okay. Sure. Because on paper, you're right, maybe they should be, right? Like if you look at all the numbers and blah blah blah, like part of that is mental. And those mental blocks are very difficult to get over, right? Like how many years in a row have they been owned by LeBron? Many. Right. Le- LeBron has been beating and- up and destroying how, how, mediocre teams for his entire career. So so you guys might be able to laugh at this when you're actually listening to it, right? Because Toronto might have won that series. But 
that first game, how many was Toronto ahead by at one point? I don't, I don't remember. Quite a few. And they kind of choked it away. And I was not surprised because I think it's a lot mental, right? Like they just. You can not- smell it. It's the, it's the, uh, the crowd falls apart. The team falls apart. It just like, kind of compounds on itself. We're not quite sure we can beat LeBron, you know, all that. So um, let's say I put a few shekels down on the Cavs winning that series. And I think I'm oh, going to be. A- I would bet. I would bet zero dollars on the Toronto Raptors. Zero. I- I think I'm going to be a richer man by the end of it. But yeah, but the Cavs are not on paper should not be favorites in that series. But like I said, LeBron's been uh, been beating mediocre teams in the East his whole career. So good for him. Uh, let's go to uh, another uh, mediocre team. Number 19, a team that should have been much better than mediocre and should have got out of the first round. Uh, this is the Milwaukee Bucks and this is their point guard. At least current point guard, Eric Bledsoe. A pretty good year for Eric Bledsoe, who could have wasted his life in Phoenix for the for his entire career. So gonna be back with them next year, right? Like, um, he's he's got he's under contract. Yeah, I don't don't really see them trading him. I don't really see why they would. He, I thought he played fairly well with them. Uh, I do think he has some flaws in his like actual NBA game, like, defensively. Yeah, but. Bit. But he he shot a pretty high percentage this year, um, especially when he went to well. Um, and he's only making fifteen million. Let's right, like yeah. that's cheap for that's cheap for a point guard of the Eric Bledsoe caliber. Yeah, sure. So he's he's going to be back with them. He's also a point guard who gets you blocks. Um, he's very good. Uh, he's kind of a close to elite steel guy. Uh, good rebounds. Not an elite three-point shooter, but um, overall, like this is just a solid across the board, uh, second tier-ish, third, second third tier, uh, depending on how you rank a, a couple people, um, point guard that you can kind of start rounding your team up with, and that's, I mean, I see him in a very similar light next year. So me too. Um, so I'll ask the two. I think what are the two most important questions? Because I think the seventeen eight points is what we see, right? Like he's not going to get back up to twenty. Nope. Um, so the two the two important questions for me are he shot 76 or 46, 47.6. I'll get this out in a minute. 47.6% from the field. What does he shoot next year? Mm, less. I agree, but I think it's going to be higher. It's not going to go down to 43 again, right? Like a lot of that was he was just had to create. He was in Phoenix, man. Like the, he had to carry the entire franchise. Right. Um, I think that Giannis and Chris Middleton take enough heat off of him that he's going to shoot pretty well. I would guess somewhere like forty-five and a half. That's fair. I I can see any being anywhere in between there. Um, you know, even uh, if I had to bet, it's less. But like, if he shoots forty-seven percent next year, okay. Like, I, I, that doesn't surprise me. So two steals. He got it second time in his career. He's gotten it. What what does the steal number look like? Uh, I think I think he's um, 28. I don't think he has the Kyle Lowry stench. Uh, probably a little less. It's, it's it's a lot more variable. Steals are a lot more variable from year to year. Uh, probably very similar, if I had to bet, less. Uh, but um, above one and, a half, uh, one and a half, probably a little closer to two. So those two numbers come down a little bit. I think sure. 74 games is a very fair estimate, right? Like he yeah. was on pace to play 74 games the year before that until they told him 
piss just, off. Just go, just go home. Yeah. Go home, Eric. So, right. So he had those couple years there where he got hurt pretty bad, but uh, he's been pretty healthy. I have him 25th. I think that's kind of fair. I think he drops a little bit. Um, there's some guys I just want to put over him. And so 25th, I mean, I feel like that's a second tier point guard and I feel pretty safe about him in that range. Kind of a second, third round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right there on that turn. I, I can't, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, I think we kind of got a good feel for who he is on, on an, an actual NBA team. So that's, that's positive. And uh, I, I think he will stay relatively the same when you put a, a, co- a real coach on that team. And then they may, maybe depends on how they want to use him in that system. So like, you know, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on the Milwaukee Bucks going into next year. But uh, I feel pretty confident. Uh, 19 overall, probably a little high. I would probably assume he's going to finish lower than that next year. But like I said, this kind of... But not drastically, right? I don't think no, I'm saying that either. Right? Like, it could be 19 next year, right? Like he could just play 77 games next year and have a good year. Like he, he had a good year this year and played 74. Well, like, and, and, and there's a handful of players who got injured who are often in this position who are much much further down right. who, who, are, who are ranked well below him and that's that's you put on a very important point right there like just because i rank you 25th and you finish 19th my 25th could have been absolutely 100 right in the preseason because no one foresaw Kawhi leonard playing nine games nope. nobody nobody foresaw that no one foresaw guys like john wall playing 41 games demarcus right Jim playing Butler, right Chris Depps Porzingis, right? Like he yeah. he he got knocked out pretty early. Like those guys were doing better than him. They just couldn't hang on the whole season, and he did. Yeah, and next year it could be the opposite. So like, right? Um, I feel confident in Eric Bledsoe's um, ability to be able. If let's say this season played out again next year, and a certain amount of people were hurt, all right, yeah, I, I think he can do what he did this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's I think he's just safe at that number. Like he that's what he is. So number twenty, I think, is going to be I'm interested in what you have to say about our number twenty. Because man, this could go in any direction. Uh this was a kind of a an almost Isaiah Thomas breakout for a very similar player named Lou Williams. The 31-year-old who just signed with the Clippers going into next year, he's like the only guy on the Clippers worth anything. Oh, uh, now he, come on! Is he worth something? Okay, other than other than uh, DeAndre, um, is he worth something next year to fantasy owners? So I'll ask you a, a question that I grappled with. Right. So when I did my top fifty. I was like, okay, Lou Williams was ranked 81st at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And remembering back to the preseason, which my memory gets a little worse and worse every year, I think. I think we were both kind of on him at that spot, right? Like we kept saying like, yeah, like, I, like that's a good spot for Lou Williams. Like I think Lou Williams can maybe even do a little bit better than that. Yeah. We were definitely like, you know what? Lou Williams gets progressively like he's underrated. He, when he yes. plays, he plays well. Even in limited minutes, he's like a fantasy asset. Uh, there's no way in hell we would have ranked him this high. But. Yeah, okay, so then he finished 20th. Sure. And 
I mean, I, I don't think Nostradamus saw that one coming. No. So he's also, the first. Nostradamus is dead. <laughs> well, they gotta have a new one, right? Like, there's there's always like some new yeah. guy. Plus, I think he might be like that Marlin dude, and just like secretly still be alive somewhere. Is, is that his story? Um, so he's the highest ranked player, highest ranked finisher of the season who didn't make my top fifty. So. 80, 20, or 50? Where are you? Like, well, where, what do you think for Willie Williams next year? Huh. And see, this is a tough, this is really, really, really tough. Um, because one. So I'll, ma- is... I'll, I'll make you my case as soon as you, you answer. I'll make so you my true. case as to why he did not make it. Okay. So let, he's the only player on the Clippers. So he's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to have a lot of uh, higher usage. Um, He's going to play, you know, 32, 33 minutes a game, just like he did this year, which is uh, pretty high for him in, in his career arc. He can score. He's very good. But if you look at what Lou Williams did in the second half of the season, it's not that impressive. His first half of the season was so amazing it carried his kind of mediocre second half of the season he was obviously i'm not saying he was playing for a contract this year but he was playing for a contract this year he's more of a 50 range i don't think he falls off because he's gonna have the minutes the usage and he's on a bad team good numbers bad team but he's not 20 and I'll agree with you that he probably maybe finishes such that he can stay healthy, right? We've, I mean, we've gone back and forth about this. Sure. Such that he can stay healthy. I, I agree that he probably finishes somewhere in the top 50 range, but I'm not ranking him there for this basic reason, okay? A lot of the work Lou Williams did was on a team where everybody was hurt early in the season, right? Austin Rivers didn't play. Patrick Beverly played next to zero games all season long, right? Yep. So they, at points in their season, were just looking for any point guard to throw out there. And it was Lou Williams, right, playing huge minutes. And, I mean, Jawan Evans was, like, the only other guy they could even sniff a minute at that point guard position. Not, Not sure who that is. Yeah, Milos Tadosic was out, right, at points. Like, they missed everybody. Tadosic will be back. Patrick Beverly probably going to be back, right? He's on a $5 million contract for next year. I don't see why, if he's healthy, they're saying no to $5 million of Patrick Beverly. It's a pretty good contract. You know what I mean? So yeah. he'll be back. Tadosic will be back. Austin Rivers will be back. And he's the coach's son. He's going to get to run some point guard and, and get to do some plays. That That's just life. Don't, don't make fun. He actually played better than... He gets a little bit of credit for it this year. So I just don't see Lou Williams getting that amount of usage that he got this year, even if he gets the same amount of minutes. I also think he probably, those minutes probably drop a little bit. I don't think they go all the way down to like 25 that he had been playing the previous season, but I think he probably settles in closer to 30 if all those point guards can stay healthy. Just because, you know what I mean? There's guys to play. So Lou Williams is good at what he's good at. I don't think he gets five assists again. I think it's probably four and a half. All the other numbers feel okay. I think the points probably drops to 18, 19, 20. 
And I think he kind of goes back somewhere around 50th ranked, probably. I'd probably have him somewhere between 50 and 60 in my rankings right now. That's super fair. This was an outlier year for him. Um, it is, you know, it's but, a little sad. It's like, it's, it's kind of like um, Isaiah Thomas where he got um, obviously very, very good. And then um, he's also one of those guys. I'm not injured like, and fell off. Like Lou Williams just fell off, but yeah. didn't get injured. He's also one of those guys. I'm not like super actively targeting. Yeah, me neither. Like, I think his name recognition is going to be a little bit higher than, and like people are going to look at his overall. Like, so this is where um, a, a podcast like this comes in for people, all you future people, you're going to go look at a ranking. You're going to go look at last year's ranking and you're going to see Williams at 20 and you're going to go, damn, Williams at 20. All right. He's sitting in my third round. I'm going to pick him up. Yeah. I would suggest not doing that. Uh, and for the reasons we just stated, uh, and this is why going back in the, you know, when you're close to next season and just looking at a, at a group of rankings, that you, you you pull off of a, a maybe a major website who has a history of not uh, ranking people very well. You should be pulling off of hashtag basketball's ranking sites uh, because that is uh, Mark's rankings, and those are have been pretty pretty. Uh, the the track record is is much better there. Um, and you're gonna go, yeah, Lou Williams, great, number twentieth. Why why is no one drafting him? I'm gonna draft him, and you're gonna be mistaken. I'm with you there. Let's run through the next five so we can get through the top 25 uh, by the end of this podcast. And these are all kind of all interesting guys. Um, Number 21, LaMarcus Aldridge. Kind of a surprisingly good season uh, for LaMarcus. I think think we were both kind of down on LaMarcus um, overall. Like, we didn't think he was going to improve this year. And uh, he he did. Well, it wasn't a lot of that because Kawhi Leonard was out, right? Like, yeah. if you miss your best player and you're the second best player, you're going to get more shots and more usage and more everything, right? Like, so that's that's something I don't think we could have foreseen. So we had him ranked 51st. Um, he, he bumped up to 20th, but we also didn't know that Kawhi Leonard was going to play nine games. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was kind of a debate. Is he uh, going to be LaMarcus Aldridge from last year where he, it was all right, or uh, Lamarcus Aldridge from two years ago, where he was much better. I was a little closer to much better. You're a little close to, uh, to to the what he did last year, and he beat both of us. So next year, we don't know what that quiet situation is going to be. So I don't know if we can properly rank Lamarcus Aldridge right now. So assuming Kawhi Leonard is back in their fray, yeah. Which is I don't know that that's a hundred percent assumption at this point. Mm, doesn't feel like it. I don't even know that that's a seventy five percent assumption at this point. Um, I ranked him thirty seventh. Okay, just just ahead of Otto Porter, Kevin Love, Gordon Hayward, and just below Robert Covington, Demar Derozan, and Donovan Mitchell. So taking a a, a second fiddle step back into uh, just a, one tier lower than he finished this year. He finished in a higher tier because he expected he was expected to be a higher tier player, and he was. So I mean, but we know what we know what Lamarcus Soldiers does. We know what his weaknesses are. Uh, we right. know what his percentages are. This is who he is, right? And here's what I'll say: right? If Kawhi's back, and, and when you're drafting, right, you're gonna know that probably. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope so. Expect him to lose two or three points a game, right? And just take those little steps back. Like, don't 
think he's going to be horrendously awful. I think, you know, he's probably somewhere between 35th and 50th. He should be picked if Kawhi Leonard's on the team. All right. I think that's a pretty good assessment. Uh, number 22, the uh, long injured who just returned tonight, actually, Steph Curry. Um, another, on averages, fantastic year from Steph Curry, but only played 51 games, which is why he's 22nd. Uh, Steph Curry is, what, top three, top five? Yeah, right. No reason to think that he gets hurt again. I'm not. I'm not betting on. I wouldn't bet on that. Steph right. Curry's too damn good. He could be. So, Steph Curry is a candidate for being the best fantasy player next year. I'm gonna say. I, yeah, uh, um, and in right, and I championed all preseason to rank him first, and I don't know that he was on that trajectory, but he was playing amazing, and he was playing NBA cal- or MVP cal- caliber ba- basketball, and I don't know why he wouldn't continue to do that. Right, and so I ranked the fourth um, on a per game basis. He was right in there, right about third, fourth, depending on on your settings. He finished third per game this year. And not bad. He has played over 78 games in five straight seasons before this year. So no reason to think he won't be healthy. Next up, his teammate at 23. Uh, I think he's wearing the number 23, Draymond Green. Interesting year from Draymond Green. Um, He's also an interesting fantasy player. He often is uh, kind of a uh, punt category type of fit. Uh, he's a little harder to deal with in, in Roto Leagues, but he still does uh, everything across the board. Doesn't totally hurt you anywhere, but kind of hurts you enough in uh, in points to uh, to be annoying where he's like, eh, he, he'll get drafted ahead of where he should be. He kind of did a, a lot of the same things he did last season, but his percentages were uh, were up from last season, so that's positive. Yep. So Mark ranked him 15th, and he finished 23rd, mostly because Mark had him at 78 games, and he only played 70. Um, he had played 76, 81, 79, 82, 79 before that, so basically the thought process was he was going to play. He pretty much had played every every game for that season. And I ranked him 17th. I, I just feel really comfortable about him. Uh, you made a great point about the points, right? Like there's pretty much everybody in that range is scoring around 20 points, save Ben Simmons, who scored 16. Um, so the points are going to be something you're going to have to manage. And if you're willing to punt points, especially in a head-to-head league, um, he can definitely be a, a real steal for you. Yeah, I think so. Um, with the emergence of Ben Simmons, though, I, I do think it lowers Draymond Green's just kind of overall value because that special, that very specific tool set that Draymond Green gives you that used to be kind of like, oh, this is in the kind of in the second round, early third round type of guy. Ben Simmons gives you that as well, plus some extra points and is going to be improving because he's like 20 years old. So I would draft Ben Simmons over Draymond Green. As my Fact. as my as my fit in for that that type of tool set, and that alone drops Draymond into probably a third round. I am not with you there. Ooh, not, not with me. Not, not not a third round guy for you. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll take you to task on it. I all right. Feel uh, free. Joel Embiid or Draymond Green. Joel Embiid. Kawhi Leonard, Draymond Green. Kawhi Leonard. Andre Drummond, Draymond Green. Draymond. I'm not Kyrie. a huge Draymond guy. 
Kyrie Irving or Draymond Green? Kyrie. Chris Middleton or Draymond Green? Chris Middleton. Kemba Walker or Draymond Green? Kemba. Eric Blitzo or Draymond Green? Draymond. Drew Holiday or Draymond Green? Uh, Draymond. Kyle Lowry? Draymond. Bradley yeah. Beal? You know, so you, yeah. you got him still in your second, buddy. Wow. Barely. Barely. He's like 22nd in yours. All right. Well, that's what I'm saying. He, he he drops barely in the second round. No, no, you just said third round. I I I, my, I played a smaller league than you. A year only in the ten so, team league. Yeah, um, it's a, it's third round for me. All right, so third round. I got, you, I got you on a technicality, Tyler. On your ten team, but I mean, I, with that. And I I said this at the beginning, right? Like, there's a lot of guys right there. And uh, oh, I, here's one I probably should ask you, John Wall. Let's save John Wall for the next podcast. That's going to take too long to talk about John Wall. Well, I'm just saying, who would you rather have, John Wall or Draymond Green? Draymond Green. So then you have him 21st, because I have John Wall ahead of Draymond Green. Fair. Um, yeah, we can get it. We're going to get into John Wall next time, I think. Let's knock out these last two. Uh, beautiful Bob Covington had a stellar, stellar year, um, finishing 24th overall. He did play 80 games. He has been. Um, just very, very consistent um, in, in, in impressing, uh, at least me, I don't know about everybody else, with his ability to get steals, hit threes, and just be kind of like an all-around uh, underrated, under-the-radar type of player. And uh, this year was no exception. One of our better calls, right? We hit, he was ranked 57, 52nd in Mark's rankings, and I think both of us were championing to take him in that previous round you know what i mean like a round ahead and get him on your team and i think that worked out well so i actually have him a little bit lower for next season i, I don't know that he's going to be this good and it's, part of my yeah. thought process is markel fultz is going to come in there and play some minutes and you know what i mean like i who knows they might get lebron like i didn't factor that into my rankings but i i put him 36 um with the thought press being that i think that maybe there's a few Maybe not even minutes, just touches and, you know what I mean, like little things to do with another star caliber potentially player in that mix. Yeah, t- 24 down to 36 seems like a huge drop, but it's it's not because of, of just the discrepancies between these uh, second and third uh, type rounds. He played 80 games. He played. He's played 67 in the last two seasons. Um, if he drops down to, to 72 – gets a couple less touches, uh, a, a less minute here and there. And um, what, was it, what was the other thing I was worried, a little bit worried about him, you know? Um, on average, like, he just, he's not amazing. He's just very consistent. And um, if he doesn't end up playing a, a bulk of games, 24 is not, just a, not reachable. Right. And, Here's the nice thing about drafting him. We kind of know what he is. Like he's been pretty consistent at yeah. what he is. And you could even see the rebounds maybe tick up a hair bit, right? If Joel Embiid misses a game or two more or Ben Simmons misses a game or two more, right? Like that stuff matters too. And that stuff we can't know. So I think Robert Covington basically is what Robert Covington is. And for that, I mean, he's probably should be a third round pick. I would say maybe, maybe slips into the fourth, but uh, probably a third round pick. That's super fair. Um, number twenty-five, Demar Derozan, who, you know, 
he had a, he had a very Demar Derozan type year. He scored a bunch, not not as much as he did last year, but scored a bunch. He improved here and there across the board. No, nowhere significantly. He didn't really deteriorate hardly anywhere. I guess he got a, a less uh, rebound or so, but got an extra assist to make up for that. Shot around the same percentages, uh, and and shot more threes, hit more threes. So that that is positive that's to see that he tried to improve his his three point shooting and, and did technically um hit more threes this year. So with the added three pointer it does kind of bump him a little bit, but I don't I don't know if it bumps him enough for me to, to care about him next year. Well, and the the playmaking that Kyle Lowry lost, he gained, and the rebounds that Kyle Lowry found, he lost. Yeah, the very symbiotic relationship between him and Kyle Lowry. So, um, Mark Adam ranked 32nd. He finished 25th. Um, Pretty good. I would say that was probably a spot-on ranking by Mark because, like we mentioned, though it was probably about that many guys ranked ahead of him who injuries was what took them out, not not poor performance, right? So yep. um, Mark pretty much nailed that. I think we know what DeMar DeRozan is. I think yeah, he's I think should we both be... like him because I think a lot of people don't respect him that much. Right, and he's so, one of those late round, later round guys. Not late round, but uh, you know, one of those guys you could pick up in the third round who can score twenty three points a game. Spot on, my friend. I think that's exactly where he should be. Is somewhere in that third round. You know what I mean? Just being doing Demar Derozan things. Yeah, I, I do think his store his scoring could bounce up a little bit depending on. The kind of the workload they want to give him moving into next year. I don't know what that Raptor team is going to look like. We gotta we gotta get through this series first, so we're not going to be able to figure that out until then. Yeah, and he's scoring has has just been kind of interesting in the sense that he's a bad three point shooter, and like yeah, he made one a game, which is good for fantasy, but is it good for Toronto? Like shooting thirty one percent, like that's probably not the most efficient shot, and so. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the scoring bounced up, the threes bounced back down because they said, DeMar, do what you do. That's not three-point shooting isn't what you do. Getting to the rim, you know, doing your jumpers, mid-range jumpers and kind of short-range jumpers, whatever you want to call them. That's more your style. And so yes. I could see that happen. It's kind of wild because it, it makes him uh, less dimensional if he's not shooting that three. And during the season, it doesn't terribly matter, and he could score more efficiently, score more points. They probably win a few more games, right? Come playoff time, once you become, you know, one dimensional or two dimensional like he is, it, teams can completely game plan around that. You're only going to be able to do uh, a certain amount of plays out of a timeout going to Demar Derozan if he can't get to his spot, and he's got a jack of three, and he can't. Uh, he hasn't been working on his three. Um, he's worse off. So it's, it's it's really kind of a give and take there at, for it's weird to see, you know, someone who has that much talent, who is that good is that, you know, there's just a limitation there that keeps him from taking a huge step forward. And it's just always there, no matter how much they work on it. Um, we'll have to see how that shakes out after this series, but you know, DeMar's who he is and I don't see him changing too much. I'm with you 100%. All right, well, that's we are through the top 25 of our uh, last season review of the top 50. Uh, we're we're going to pick up with the 26 through 50 next time 
Uh, Tyler, you got uh, anything to plug here in the during the playoffs? Um, well, if you're interested in my top 50 for next season, um, it's way too early for it, but I wrote it for hashtag basketball. Um, if you just go on my Twitter, you can find it. I've, I've pinned it at the top, so I made it easy for you people to uh, check it out. It's, it's a very good too early top 50. Um, I, I mostly agree with it. I'm sure you'll, I will be telling Tyler where I don't agree with it in future episodes very dramatically. So do make sure you tune in for that. We will be doing podcasts throughout the summer, not uh, consistently since it is not fancy basketball season, but we do plan on bringing you uh, the rest of this top 50 review. Um, we'll also be bringing you a, a draft special. And uh, once free agency hits, uh, do expect um, the podcast for fantasy to pick back up, especially for all you dynasty cats out there who will definitely need to know uh, stuff as it is happening with the looming, probably insane free agency coming up. So we really appreciate you guys listening and uh, all the support we've gotten from you uh, throughout this season. If there's anything else you guys want to hear, just tweet at us. Uh, Tyler, what's your Twitter? Uh, you can find me at watsy 4444 You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you got uh, any feedback for the show, things you want to hear, we will happily oblige. And if you got questions for your team, uh, your fantasy uh, off-season team, you know, maybe rookie drafts or dynasty drafts, just just let us know. Uh, we're, we are happy to help. We will be doing some interesting things going into next season, so stay tuned for that. And if you really want to support the show, rate, review us, or sign up for draft.com using the promo code boxes. All those things really uh, help us be able to continue to provide the show for you guys out there. Uh, like I said, we really appreciate it. So enjoy the rest of your NBA playoffs or uh, enjoy the future world that you live in since you're listening to this sometime later this year. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.